0: Yeah, i got to be done in a couple minutes, so I just want to say it's been fun.
1: <laughs>
0: right, questions? Are there any questions? Um, it is an honor. Thank you for having me back. I miss being here. This was my original choice. For my night out, I have five little girls, and so I only get one night. And uh, Thursday night came up where we're, we're learning mentoring. We're mentoring, helping guys coming out of the street and out of jail. And so that's where my heart is. It's where what we're doing, Mark and I are there. And um, so i got to do that so I can't be with you. And I'm hating it, especially after being here tonight. I'm like, "Mm, maybe I have not chosen wisely. But I certainly have enjoyed it. I'm glad to be back. Got to dig right in here. So let's go. Your Father wants to speak with you tonight. Is that alright? All right. So what I want to do is, I don't want to come up here and do something for you. I would like us both, let's all work together and engage. Can we do that? Can we just engage and open our hearts to God? And I'll just do my thing. I'm the guy with a microphone. But you do your thing. You, you Come on, listen. Open up your heart. And, and let's just let God do what He wants to do, right? Because it's not about me or you. It's about what He wants, right? So uh, there's been a lot of prayer, and uh, uh, so we don't need to pray anymore. I just want to say, God, say your thing. Um, I want to talk to you about, uh, about public speaking. We're here for Public Speaking 101. Uh, how many of you want some really nifty, clever tips on how to make pithy little sermons to, that all rhyme and start with the same letter? <laughs> if so, there's probably a class somewhere else that would be glad to have you. We're not going to do that. In the book of John, Jesus said these words. Listen up. Just listen. Jesus said, I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say. And how to say it. I know that His command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. That Jesus is our model, isn't He? He's He's our example. We follow Jesus. And if we're going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we need to be able to say those words. I've been to the Father. Here's thing number one. When you speak, you speak for God. Is that hardcore or what? You speak for God. Isn't that our job? You know, we quote this verse all the time. We are ambassadors for Christ. What does that mean? It means you represent God to the world. Um, So I just want to encourage you right off the bat, don't try to come up with your own little ideas about what you think would be cute to say. And I'm telling you that because it's not my idea. I believe that's what God wants us to I promise you, within the sound of my voice, there's somebody that's thought of taking their life this week. When I was pastoring in South Carolina, I preached to a young lady, and she got saved, and she had something wrong with her, and I didn't know what it was. And she would just look at a bottle and send it across the table just like that, without touching it. And I said, "Woohoo!" I didn't understand what that was. I didn't have any frame of reference. So I said, okay, let's study the Bible a little bit. You know, let's, we just, can, did you read, did you get the notes from the sermon today? (laughs) I didn't have anything to give her. Now listen to me, listen carefully. The next day, that woman took off all her clothes and marched around her trailer park and got five cans of gasoline and walked into her trailer and set herself, her body, on fire. Died. I was on the fire department. I was the first one through the door. That woman needed a little more than five points. I'm not, I'm not if you hear that in my voice, I'm not, I'm not mad at preachers who are preaching five points in a sermon. But God has got something to say. And his children are hurting. There's people who are dying. Who are wasting away. And they come to the church and say, Dear God, could you speak to me? Just say something to me. One thing, please. And they get a little thing. Is that right? Is that right? Come on now. Is that what we're going to do? Did you sign up for that? Listen we've got to deliver we speak for God remember this I know it's a little weighty sorry to get so serious on you but I want you to come with me listen to listen to your father listen to these words right here say worthy things when I first got the invitation to to teach on it's public speaking It's the first thing God dropped in my spirit he said tell my people tell them to say stuff that matters there are so many preachers today answering questions nobody's asking. Solving problems nobody has. Making arguments that nobody cares about. And meanwhile, that's the only reason I get angry about the state of the church in general. Is not because of what we're doing, it's because people are dying. And we're messing around. Doing mental gymnastics. Am I the only one? It's true. We need the life. We need power. We need to give people something. They're coming, they're clutching at one thing. You don't know when's the last time somebody will be able to receive something. So when it's your turn, it's what Allison said earlier, you get on your face. You say, God, what do you want to say? And you know what he'll do? He'll drop one thing on you. It, I mean he'll set the whole thing up, but there'll be one thing that that one person will hear, and it will do the trick. But you don't seek God and you don't know what to say. We speak for God. We've got to say worthy things. First Peter says, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. Make that your point. Make that your, your commitment. God, when I speak, I'm going to do so as one speaking the very words of God, Allison. I'm just going, so flag me down when it's time. Uh, say worthy things. Listen to this: before you preach a message, please, we get it so backwards. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed to even have to say this. Know where your message fits into the gospel. Let me tell you what I mean. If you've been given a message, why are you preaching that message? Why did you come up with that? So many people, and it's it just it's because people, I guess they think it's a game or something, and I'm, again, I'm sorry to be so heavy right off the bat, but we've got to say what God wants us to say. We've got to say to the church what God wants to say to the church. Isn't that our job? Would that be a good definition for us of when I get ready to speak, I'm going to unburden... The Lord's heart. People get up and they say, I've got a burden on my heart and I want to say this to you. I'm glad you got a burden, brother. But what's God's burden? I want, when I'm done speaking, I want God to say, Yo, man, I'm glad He said that. I'm glad somebody finally said that right there. Don't you know God feels that way? He's a little bit... He just doesn't have people that will say the stuff. You, you follow me? Hey, you know, I mean, there's people that are just saying their cute little stuff, and it doesn't wash anymore. And this generation, look at this guy right here. I love this brother. Is is he going to put up with with, uh, just a nice little fun thing that's just cute? This generation that's coming up, they want real, baby. They want what Billy Godwin used to say, a demonstration this, this generation is, is aching for people who demonstrate the re- reality of God, the superiority of His ways, the superiority of His wisdom. That it does matter, that it is better to follow God than to not. That's what they're looking for. We've got to be that mouthpiece. We've got to say those words. They asked Charles Spurgeon. Does everybody know who Spurgeon is? One of the best preachers ever. And they asked him, they said, How do you do that? They said, Seem like every time you get up, I don't care if you're preaching on the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant or the whatever, whatever you say, it's like it just grabs people. They said, How do you do that? Listen to this and mark it down in your heart. He said, Whatever is my text, I make a beeline for the cross. Start wherever you want. You gave me public speaking? Okay, I'll do public speaking. But we're going to the cross. You get it? Because that's what counts. Say worthy things. Jesus has scars in His flesh. Not for your creative little ideas. He has scars. He didn't come here to, to do anything other than to show us that He loves us. If you get finished speaking and you haven't said at least once or shown at least once or somehow demonstrated that God loves us, you may have just wasted everybody's time. Isn't, is that okay? Is that all right? Because that's what it's about. Right? Amen? Tell them, tell them God loves them. Uh, the next thing preach toward God's goal. If you preach a message without a goal, you will go nowhere. If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And if you don't know what it is God's trying to accomplish in the hearts of the people you're speaking to, why are you speaking? How will you know what to say? You follow? We do lots of things in the church off purpose when we don't even hardly know what the purpose is. But speaking should not be one of them. When you go to speak, if God has given you a message, surely He wants a result in the hearts of the people. Amen. What we're looking for is change. If, you, if I say stuff, and at the end of it you go, boy, that was really just cool. And your life doesn't change? We've just played a game. Looking for change. I'm gonna to try to play this little tape for you, and I think it's queued up here.
1: It's. Man cares about me.
0: Um, nope. It's our, it's our friend
1: Billy. Never seen anybody before,
0: and that have
1: Never, man, you stood out like a shining light in a dark place. Your lights spoke and shined to thousands and thousands and made a difference. There's, if you set yourself apart, it makes a difference. Your influence increases throughout the land. It makes a difference when you say you've got to believe that others are desperate for you to sell out. And I'm telling you this, I believe this, that there's people that are never going to make it unless you sell out to God. They've got to get a supernatural touch from heaven that comes through a sold-out life. They've got to get not just words that sound good on paper, but words that are filled with fire, filled with conviction, filled with strength that penetrates their soul and lifts the shackles off their life and sets them free. Amen. And it's only going to come through people that are sold out. It's not going to come through professional speakers and nice people who have been trained well and can put together a three-point message and it's nice and it sounds good and it makes sense and it's logical. And it's got the original Greek and Hebrew and Chinese. <laughs>
0: you find the original Chinese, you let me know. Uh, you see what he's saying? I mean, that's why we're here, because of Billy Godwin. And that's his heart. So you've got to do things on purpose. On purpose. God's got something to do. Our whole point of being here and listening, you're sitting listening, I'm speaking, we're, we're engaged in something, we're, we believe the Holy Spirit's here because He's speaking to us. He wants something from us. He's trying to say something. So let me, let me just show you a little more about the messenger of God. Number one, cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's His work. If God wanted to evangelize the world, you know He could without you. Right? If he wanted to edify the church, he could without me. But he's chosen not to. He's chosen to use us. It's his work and not ours. And when we get together, we trust him. This is his business. Right? We, we do good and we say, I give God all the glory. But then we fail and we go, oh man, I stink. I give it all to God. If I throw myself on him, he's entrusted with results. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but I was in Honduras and prayed in a meeting, and man, we were—I was preaching up a storm. I was preaching good, and they weren't listening. And uh, you know, just preaching—it was about this many folks in a place about this big, and I man preached and booped, you know, and I could tell God was trying to do something, and it was dead. And I'd never had that before. I, you know, when God does that, I'm, you know, it, it's usually like a bomb went off, and so I didn't know, you know. I was kind of confused, and I told them, I said, hang on a second, y'all. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Let's just pray. And we prayed, and I said, well, I don't understand what's going on, because, you know, they were looking at me like, you know, maybe I had a bad translator or something. I have no idea. But it it wasn't, nothing was happening. And I thought, well, okay, God, whatever. I I was preaching what you said to preach, and I told them what you said to tell them. So I was walking out of the building and the preacher said, yeah, that was real good, brother. He said, "Uh, we got a little lady up the street here that we want you to pray for before you go. I said, okay, great. So we went up the street about four blocks and it's dark up in there. There's no lights. And so we went up in this little tiny room. It couldn't have been more than, I mean, just little room. And there was a little old lady. She was 80 years old and just tiny. She was this tall. And she was laid out on the bed and just rail thin. And she had on... um, oxygen, you know. He didn't say what was wrong with her. I didn't ask. I just said, okay, I'll just pray for her. Well, I prayed for her, and as I prayed for her, she took my hands and she sat up, and she I was holding her hands, just praying for her, and she lifted my hands up and was praying, saying something, whatever, and she took off the oxygen mask and, you know, I got done praying for her, and we walked out, and I thought, well, okay, this has been just kind of a funny night. And uh, I went back home, and the next day at the hotel, the translator came by. I said, hey, brother, what's going on? He said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, that, that woman you prayed for? He said, she has not been able to speak or sit up or anything for like four months. And the doctor said, if she ever goes without the oxygen, she'll die. He said, that woman is up running around the town. And I said, oh, well, hey, praise the Lord. And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. He said, the whole town has been to our church today. The whole town. And he said, the preacher's trying to preach to him and they don't want to hear about the preaching. They want to see the lady. They want to meet the lady with with the thing. And so, you know, here was this thing that I thought was dead, but I knew something was going on. But it was the life of God. And so I trusted Him with the results. You may not see it. You know, one plants, one waters, but it's God who gives the increase. So He who plants and He who waters is nothing, but only God is He. So you trust Him with the results. It's His business. Here's the next thing. Always sense God's desire to speak to His people. To stand here with a microphone is a weird thing because I'm like between... I'm just for momentarily, it's it's my turn now, it'll be your turn. But I'm kind of between God and you. I'm I'm speaking the words now. It's my job today, to now, tonight, right now, here to say the words. And what you don't realize is God is aching. He's aching to talk to his people. When I was in Argentina, Uh, I got the the mandate was preach evangelistically. Preach evangelistically. I said, yes, sir. I got my little evangelistic message, you know, and went to town and uh, preached in one church. It was good. Preached in the next one. I got in this one particular church and uh, as I was sitting there during the worship, the Lord just powerfully just began to show me. I began to look in the faces of the people. And God said, you see all these people? They come here week after week. And they have no idea that I love them. They're trying so hard. And they feel so bad about themselves. They're so judgmental of themselves. And they they have no idea of the tender father heart that I got going on for them. Well, I was just overcome, I thought, Wow, that's that's big. I would never heard that before. I preach it now all the time. But to that point, I had never heard that message. Never understood it. Never and it was just overwhelming and so I said, well, I I can't say what I've got on my paper. I've got to tell them that. And so I did. I preached this tiny little sermon. It was about 20 minutes. I mean, you know, down there they like an hour and a half. And it was it was and I just basically told them I said, "I'm just here and and God wants you to know that he loves you." I mean, he he cares about you. And I just told them a few little stories about how I feel about my daughters and that's probably how God feels about you. A bomb went off. I began to pray for people, and they would weep. Not I'm not talking about just a little sniffle. They were boohooing, grown men sobbing like babies, women and people collapsing, just all manner of the Holy Ghost pandemonium. And it was all because I just told them. And you know what I realized that night? I From that night on, I never speak that I don't ask God, God, what what do you want to say to them? They're your kids, and this is about you and them. And I promise I'll just be a faithful son, and I'll try to stand here with the microphone and say what you want to talk to them about. By the way, I don't have time to cram it all in, but God wanted to say that to you tonight, some of you. All of you, really, but I know there's some of you who need it more than others. You need to know He loves you. Like, really. He likes you. He's proud of you. You know, you don't get that much. You don't think God's proud of you. He's proud of you. I wish I could tell you all about that. He loves you. He likes you. He likes to be around you. He likes to watch you go. I've got to get back to my notes. <laughs> but I need to tell you that. 2 Corinthians says that we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. We represent God's interests. By the way, Bruce posed the question on Sunday How do we love God? Just sock this away. It's not that complicated. Look out for his interests. How do you love a body? You, you you help them with their highest and best. You you get for them. And anything that would make them better or greater or help them or make them stronger or help them reach their destiny faster, you're for that. And you give whatever it takes to make that happen. That's called love. That's a very that's the practical face of love. And how do we do that with God? What's God got interested in? Hmm? What's God interested in? He's interested in Bill Reese. He understands. He has a revelation of God's love. God's interested in you. Listen, this world's going to burn up. Everything on it. All the stuff, all the buildings, all the everything, except us. We're the only thing He's taken out. We're the only thing He ever cared about. We're the only thing He'll ever care about. So we have to speak in such a way. We represent God's interests and ask God, I've said it before. I want to say it again. Ask God what He wants to say. In the prayer in the mornings, we began to ask God, What do you want? What do you want? And the more we asked Him, it was like turning on the warm faucet or something. We just kept, He, he, he was vibrating on that. And He said to me one morning not too long ago, I said, what, Lord, what do you want today? We do that. By the way, when you go to pray, let me recommend this: report in. That's what we do. We report for care. Susan knows. We report for duty. We say, "God, here we are. It's your time. What? What? What's up? What do you want to do?" And you know what he said to me? He said, "Nobody asks me that anymore." I mean, I could feel the. I could tell he was like. Nobody asks me. Nobody seems to care what I want anymore. When you speak, if you're speaking for God and you're representing His interest and you are an ambassador, you're between God and men, you're standing in the gap, you better know what God's interests are. And you better speak the way He would. Speak the very words of God. Okay? Get full of God before you speak. You want to get prepared I would rather somebody with a little fire in their bones than a few points on the paper. Amen? And I'm not putting down. You hear me saying it. I'm, I'm coming the other side. You, you've, you've done your preparation. I'm not saying don't prepare. i prepared. I've got these typed out notes which I'm going to give you. I'm not giving to you now because you'll be reading them instead of listening to me.
1: <laughs>
0: so you can have them afterwards. But, but I would rather somebody that's been with God. You know, they saw the disciples and said, you know, those guys aren't very smart and they're just common fishermen, but what'd they take note of? Those guys been with Jesus. Something, something about them. They've been with Jesus. Get full of God and then come here and spill out. If you listen, listen to that tape of Billy's. You listen to any tape of anybody that doesn't put you to sleep. And you realize what's happening is, yeah, they've got a few loose notes, but man, there's something inside their bones and they've got to tell somebody. They've got some life messages, some stuff that God has worked into them. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that... That's the communication of life. And I'm going to talk about communication techniques here in a minute. Um, So first, get full of God. Second, seek God over time. How many of you know what Saturday Night Live is? That's when the preacher makes up his sermon notes. As you know, the guy that gets down, oh dang, oh i got to speak tomorrow. Okay, let me see. I'm to get all concordance here and see what we're going to talk about. Oh, this is a, oh I'll think I'll preach on that. You'd be scared to know how many preachers preach that way. I know Bruce doesn't. I know he prepares over time. That's a wise thing to prepare over time. Seek God over time. Prepare. Soak in the scriptures. Uh, and, and draw from the well. You see, when the topic came, okay, Lance, you're going to talk on public speaking. Just a wash of scriptures came over me. And, and God began to say, Tell him to say worthy things. Tell them to speak as speaking the very words of God. Tell them this, tell them that, tell them that. And it, it just hit, you know, I had the whole thing in like five minutes. Because there's a well, you see. Being with God does that for you. But if you're not with God, you're not going to have a whole lot to draw out of the well. Right? Things come out of the man. It's, it's the, out of the overflow. What does he say? Out of the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. And guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. All the issues of life come out of your heart. So that's, it's more important to have your heart. Do not be a concordance writer. If, if you want to have a good cut down, just look at your neighbor and say, you concordance writer. It's like, it's like one step below an office worker. You're an office worker. Concordance writer. What's a concordance writer? You can tell a concordance writer a mile off. He'll get out of concordance. Oh, oh, what's my topic? My topic is, uh, uh, let's see, what topic. topic is baptism and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get out of concordance. I'm going to look up everything about baptism. Baptism and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to look up the Holy Spirit. Look up baptism. And he'll rattle off 75 scriptures about baptism and the Holy Spirit. And he'll mispronounce all of them misinterpret all of them misuse all of them has no idea what any of them mean but it you know hey i'll just throw it all out there for you don't do that when you listen the word of god is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart know the word of god well if you're going to share a scripture baby get it inside you you know Don't be struggling over how do I say Amalekite. You know, hopefully you've been over that and over that. And man, if you don't know how to pronounce it, that's okay. Like Billy said, just pronounce it real strong. But you know, and then people go, oh, so that's how you pronounce that. But, uh, but, but go over that. Know what that scripture says. Let that thing be alive in you. You see what I'm saying? Don't just throw scriptures at me to back up your point. That's called iso Jesus not exegesis. Exegesis is taking what's in here out. Eisegesis is taking my idea and making the Scripture back me up. Not good. Not a good idea. Okay, uh, enough of that. Teach with authority. The Bible says that the, the people were amazed because Jesus taught as one who had authority, not as the, the teachers of the law or the Pharisees. What does it mean to teach with authority? Does it mean preach really loud? Amen. I mean, some people—that's it. You know, they think, "Hey, man, that guy's really preaching with authority." No, he's just preaching loud. What does it mean to preach with authority? Let me give you a good definition. When you preach with authority, people do what you say, right? Isn't that that the basis of authority? I'm telling you the way it is. And you believe me and you change your life based on what I've said. Teach the Word, preach the Word, speak to the people of God in such a way as to cause them to change. You see, God's got in mind for you tonight. I'm sure you've already uncovered that He wants you to change the way you view public speaking. He wants you to change the way you, if you have an opportunity, He wants you to grab a hold of it, right? Like a like a lion cub with a rabbit, you know? Arrgh! He wants you to, to get that thing and 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 really do it. That's what He's after tonight. And so so we need to know what uh, we need to teach with authority. And authority issues from a deep relationship with God and a heart that's fully committed to Him. I'm trying to wrap it up best I can. So let me tell you, so here's the how-tos a little bit. The Jesus model of communication. The Jesus model of communication. How did Jesus do it? Rule number one, tell stories. D knows about telling stories. Tell stories. Children love them. We're all children at heart. I defy you. Now listen, I've heard this from, from Bible scholars, from the pinheads at the university, uh, uh, at, the, at the seminary. Here's what they'll tell you. The only valid, they say it like this, so that it sounds very authoritative. The only valid method of preaching is expository preaching. expository, where we take the Word and we, we talk about what the Word said and what it means. I'll give you the Greek, I'll give you the Hebrew, Chinese if you have it. And, and that's the only valid method. All right, big boy, if that's so, find me one, one example where Paul, Peter, James, pick an apostle. Jesus, hello, just start with the teaching of Jesus. Where did he do expository preaching? What? Zero. The closest thing you have is the Hebrew writer kind of picked apart this one little passage one time, and that's it. Why do people say that? Why do we let them say that? That's a better question. That's not right. How did Jesus teach? He said there was a guy and had some seeds. He took the seed, and he threw some over there and then some over there and some over there and some over there, and this one came up and this one didn't and this one. And he told a little story. You remember it, the parable of the sower. We call them parables. That's a high-sounding word. It's just a story. Tell stories. People remember them. Uh, you know, you may not remember uh, love is patient, love is kind, blah, 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 blah. You may not understand all those, but you remember the parable of the good Samaritan. And there's no denying the fact that that man loved in truth. You see, it's confrontational. So, tell stories. Tell stories. Number two, engage people. Please engage people. This is kind of a stinky way to have church. Like this. Where a guy has a microphone and you all sit. I don't think that's the way Jesus did it. I don't think that's the way it was ever intended to be where you come and I'm the showman and I'll put on the show. And then y'all get to walk out the door. I didn't like that a whole lot. No, I really like that. You know, no, I give him about an 8.5. They, it was never meant to be that way. Jesus, when He taught, He would do like this. He'd say, What do you think? There was a landowner. He rented it out, and the people didn't give him the fruit, and blah, 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 blah. And He says, what, what do you think they'll do to that guy when he comes back? And they said, Well, man, that, He'll kill that guy. That's right. You see, and he was, he was engaging people constantly. Study Jesus. He's the master. The master communicator. Um... Engage people, ask questions, confront them, make them think. Put it in our terms today. I need to know today. I need to be challenged in my life, what I'm working on. And if you ever get off of that, if you ever, you're trying to take the biblical truth as we saw it, you know, and some people are just experts on what happened back when Jesus was on the earth. (laughs) No, really, that's what they do. They know about Jerusalem and, oh, during that day there were the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the but they have no reach into today. What about today? I have a pregnant teenage daughter. I don't care about your Sadducee. Help me. What do I do now? The good preachers reach both ways. Uh, John Hagee, I think, calls it standing on razor's edge. Razor's edge, where you're between that world and you're able to pull the truth into this world. It's a good idea. Um, Be clear in your communication. You know, the Bible talks about if the trumpet doesn't blow a clear call, who will get ready for battle? Be clear. Let me, I'm going to do my uh, modern day teenage preacher impersonation for you. There we go. So, uh, you know, Jesus just, uh, he said, ah, uh, yeah, you know, so he, he kind of like, you know, he was totally. And so, uh, you know, I, so like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, translator, please. Does anybody have the interpretation? That's very distracting. I understand that you need to be hip and now and stuff, but speak English. You need to say things that people understand. And we had this we had this funny thing the other night at the, the young people's group. We had the younger guys and gals, and then we had like Pastor Bowman and uh, Mike Ingram, and it was like it was like English and Chinese. It really, for, for a few minutes, we finally got in sync, wasn't it? It was like for a while there, you know, these guys would say, well, you know, I don't think this. And these people would answer like as if they had said something completely other. And I was going, am I the only one seeing both sides? of the, What's going on here? And, but after a while, you know, we meshed and began to speak one another's language. That's where I'm getting at. Speak to people or they can understand it. Uh, which, and, and before I get to putting the cookies on the bottom shelf, Make up your mind not to sugarcoat it. we got a short time, man. Listen, if somebody in the church, if, if, God, if you believe God is speaking a word on gossip, look people in the eye and say, Dang, women? Hello? Don't gossip anymore. Please. Okay? okay? I mean, you know, be be up front don't you know don't you don't have to massage that. Say to people, Look, we got a problem here. You know? And and throw the thing out there and address it. We had this one I was listening to a funny tape back about oh, I guess about ninety six, whenever it was, there was some kind of big thing that had happened where the this, this group of people were all about law and this group of people were all about grace. Do you remember that? They were, they were, Fred was getting letters. He'd get letters on the same day saying, too much law. And then on the same letter, next letter, too much grace. You know, Chuck Luster said, I guess we got balance then, you know, because we're getting it from both sides. You know, and, and I just remember saying, just grow up. Quit sending letters. What's your problem? You know, come on. Just be, you know, you act that way. You might as well just hang a sign around your neck that says, I'm immature. I'm a big baby. Wah, wah. We need some frank talk like that. We need people, you know, to tell us, hey, hey, grow up a little bit, okay? Um, So be clear. Make up your mind not to sugarcoat it. Avoid distracting mannerisms like, uh, Yeah. Put the cookies on the bottom shelf. This is very important. God taught me this. I was up in the mountains uh, seeking the Lord, and I had been reading some pretty deep stuff, and I was wrestling with it. It was a difficult time. I was really trying to turn it over. It was, I mean, it's some of the hardest theological reading I've ever done. And as I was wrestling with it, I was going, God, this, you know, yes, no, what, do, what do you mean by all this?" I, was, I had gone away on a retreat. I was up by myself in the mountains and I had gone down to McDonald's to have breakfast. And while I was there, a table about this size of farmers came in. And they were like, Hey there, how are you doing? Here? glad you got to see me. All right. Yeah, I got to see you there too. And they all sat down. They were just having a big time patting each other on the back. And almost audibly, the Lord said, You know, whatever it is you're thinking about, if you can't go over there and explain it to them, it's not the gospel. The gospel is simple. Somebody even broke it down into one-syllable words. You know, the whole gospel in one-syllable words. It's, it's easy to do. You know, um, it's a simple thing. Put the stuff down where everybody can get at it. So let me sum up before we get too late. Um, Champions speak is God's messenger. A full of God... Consecrated, sold out, authoritative preacher, God's messenger, fulfilling God's purposes, representing him and his interests in the earth, his goals at heart, uh, in God's way. Simple, clear, powerful. If you get the opportunity to speak, when it's your turn to hold the microphone, make up your mind. God will, he just, I just think. He loves it because it's rare. I'm sorry, I hate it. That's one of the things I hope in my lifetime, if I, God allows me to reform in some fashion. He just doesn't have people who care what He wants anymore. We care, don't we? You care. Make it your goal to unburden His heart. When you're done, you want God to say, oh yeah. Because we pray that way. We say, God, have your way, but really have your way. What is it you want? Instead of just wait until 5 minutes before the sermon and say God, have your way. Why don't we do that 2 weeks before we as we're preparing and say, God, what are you saying? What do you what do these people need? Amen? Amen. Any questions? Comments? Rotten vegetables. Okay.